Welcome back, listeners. This is Matt Goes to the Movies, and it's a fun but sad episode here today as this is the last episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That does mean that Rob and Harrison are here today with me. Uh, guys, welcome. But again, kind of bittersweet because this is over and it's the last content we have for... Uh, a little bit here with this. So, Rob, how are you feeling today with with this episode? Um, you know, uh, you think back to when we first started talking about the MCU on on your show, and um, you know, we we talked, we did the MCU rankings. Which, uh, for listeners, if you haven't uh, checked those out, uh, those episodes are evergreen. It doesn't matter that it was like nine months ago; um, those are still you know worthwhile content. And uh, you know, we had, we had kind of discussed the upcoming slate of Marvel shows. Um, and what we were most excited about, and I kind of slept on uh, WandaVision at that point, and, and that turned out to be uh, a mistake to have slept on that. I was, I was definitely very pumped about this one in particular because I really enjoyed uh, Cap 2, you know, the Winter Soldier so much, and it looked like this was going to be playing very much into that. We had heard that it was going to be very similar to that. Um, and I was really looking forward to this and I had very high expectations for it. And overall the show, uh, met my expectations. Um, which is not to say that I didn't have a blast with it the whole time. I was expecting a lot of great things and a lot of great things happened and it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, I'm disappointed that it's over, but the way that it ends, uh, certainly gives me reason to think that, um, we could have more of this kind of action and fun uh, in the future in the MCU for us. So I'm, I'm bummed that this is done for now. I'm really bummed that we have like months to wait before we get new MCU content. Uh, but I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Well said uh, Harrison, welcome to you as well. How are you feeling with the end of Falcon and winter soldier and just kind of, the delay in content that we're going to have here. It, it certainly will pick up after this, but there, there is another long delay in between these episodes. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I, it's, it's almost like it hasn't dawned on me yet. Uh, also, thank you for uh, letting me be here, but like, I feel like this Friday is going to come around and, you know, I'm going to get to my usual time where I watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then I'm going <laughs> to like have nothing to watch. I feel like that was when it will dawn on me because like, uh, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but like it, it, it this feels less like kind of like a season finale. Like this feels less like a series finale and kind of just like a pause in the story until the next content is released. If that makes sense, uh, it feels kind of like waiting for the next episode. Then like the season is over or the series is over. Uh, and uh, yeah, either way, uh, I had a ton of fun with this. I was particularly really really excited about this. Similar to Rob, I love the Winter Soldier, uh, second Captain America film, and I've loved both Bucky and Sam as characters in the comics for the longest time. I think one of the first characters that I really, really liked was Bucky and Falcon in the uh, Bucky in the comics, and then Falcon in the the TV show I grew up watching. And so I was really, really excited for this series. Like two characters that I just kind of like never felt like they had their day in the sun, so to speak, in the MCU. And so I was just really excited for it. Um, and then I remember when it was delayed because of the coronavirus and we got WandaVision first. I was like, oh, really? Like WandaVision over Captain <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Like, oh, what a bore, you know, like 
I might skip WandaVision. Just wait for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And boy, was I wrong about WandaVision. But it's just been week by week, tons of fun to enjoy the episode. You know, flaws and all, every single time I got on and watched the episode, I ended it just thinking I really enjoyed the time I spent watching that. And I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, and then to be able to come in here and talk with you two even more, it's just been tons of fun. Like I had, yeah, it's just tons of fun. Yeah. It, it's certainly something that I look forward to every single week. Again, we've kind of joked about it that we send each other the most vague texts ever um, <laughs> <laughs> after the episode airs waiting for it to, you know, come to Monday so that we can discuss this. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting to get to this Friday and be like, hmm, okay, well, there's not a new episode. But um, I'm really eager to talk about this episode because I have a lot of thoughts on it, and I'm going to be very curious to hear what yours are. So uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Um, if you are a repeat listener, welcome to you as well. But this is going to be the two-minute warning portion of this episode. Uh, this is where we just give our brief thoughts on the show, um, specifically the episode, uh, spoiler-free. So, guys, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to kick this one off and because I'm curious to see your reactions after mine. Uh, this is an episode to me that limps not sprints to the final and it is a good episode but i don't know if this is saying the phrase correctly but i said it to rob and harrison i said the sum of its parts are greater than the whole i think there's a lot of good things that they do but i also feel like it's not the strongest way to end your season um I felt like some things felt a little rushed. Some things felt unearned and some things I think for me, what I thought was a tied up um, portion of the story uh, came back in this episode and I didn't really like it. So over, I, I maybe that sounds like I don't like this episode at all. That's not true, uh, but it was definitely between the two shows for me. And I know that's not what we're talking about to me. This was the weaker of the two finales between WandaVision and this show. So that's, that's my spoiler free thoughts. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go next. Harrison, you'll cap this segment off for us. Um, so I think a lot of what the conversation is going to be regarding this episode is going to probably focus on a couple different things, but one of the big ones is going to be kind of Sam's, dressing down of the GRC uh, committee members at the end of, at the end of the episode. I think that's probably going to be what a lot of people focus on. And, and I have some thoughts on that. I, I might even have some unpopular opinions on that. Um, it is, it, it's, I didn't enjoy it as much as, uh, as the previous week's episode. I think um, we do get some things buttoned up. We do get some more of the things that have made this show work so well, uh, you know, through the, the six, uh, six episodes that we've had. Um, and we get, we get some more kind of writing that, that doesn't really make sense when you start asking a few questions. There's some things that happen in different scenes that, that, that we'll get into. Um, but there's definitely two things that, um, 
in regards to costuming that I really liked. So if, and I'm sure that I'm going to get uh, Matt to sign off on this, because if there's one thing I know about Matt, it's that he has a really bizarre sense of humor and I love it. If there's two things I know about <laughs> Matt, it's that he's probably one of my friends that I can think of that's actually a bigger nerd than me. But if there are three things I know about Matt, it's he loves comic accurate costuming in superhero film and television. And we get two that are very, very comic accurate that debut in this. Um, one of them is just absolutely stellar and was better than I could have hoped. And the other is about what I imagined and it wasn't that great to begin with. Um, so I, I'm excited to hear what, what Matt has to say because um, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to listen to our MCU rankings, part of the reason that Matt dislikes the Black Panther film more than he should is because he doesn't like the costuming in relation to what it looked like <laughs> in Civil War III, which was comic accurate. And that's part of his major reason he doesn't like it. And he's wrong on that, but that's okay. Um, so, you know, there's, um, there's, there's those kinds of things, which are going to be a lot of fun to get into. Um, yeah, it's... It's some really good moments, some some one kind of cringy moment that that I'll talk about when it when we get to it. Um, but a lot to like, and and I think just the um, the moments with Sam and Bucky are just so good throughout this series, um, and we get more of those, and we get some really really strong ones as well uh, of that spe- of those two specific characters in this week's episode. All right. Uh, I, I totally agree on all three of those points. Um, we can certainly talk about those in this next segment, but Harrison, close this off for us. What are your initial thoughts uh, on this episode? Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued. I think I'm going to be a big listener of this episode and not so much a contributor because <laughs> the, the series ended and the vague texts that we sent to each other's reviews I was reading online or listening to um, were kind of similar to some of the things that you said specifically, Matt, where people liked part of it, but now that it's over, they didn't like the series as a whole. Well, I wouldn't say didn't like, but uh, we're saying that the series wasn't the greatest thing ever. And well, I'm not by no means on the side that it is the greatest thing ever and that it's flawless. I, that's not what I'm saying at all. But for the most part, like it ended and I was just like happy. And I, it's weird. Like, I almost feel like a little dumb. Like, why do these things that bother other people not bother me? Like, why don't I notice them? And, you know, I don't want to be Jack-Jack this time. And so it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say. But for the most part, like, I, I think that there were definitely some things that could have, if I'm talking about the series as a whole, um, because I didn't have a chance to rewatch this specific episode, so my memory of it is a little hazy. But as a series as a whole, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. There were some areas where it kind of stumbled, um, and I can forgive with um, it being an inexperienced, I don't want to say, yeah, just inexperienced uh, production team for television. Uh, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it. As far as the season finale goes, again, it doesn't feel so much like a season finale. And... And maybe that's just because it, things don't feel as earned like they do in a season finale. Like, I'm thinking, like, Aang versus the Fire Lord season finale type thing. Like, those moments are so impactful and, and they're so well-earned where this could just kind of feels like, oh, I'm just waiting for the next segment to be released um, where it's more earned and more 
finale like not that these things aren't final in this specific episode there's definitely some finality to it where you can tell that it's an ending it's a conclusion it's a wrap-up but it doesn't feel as like earned in the way that it ends for lack of better words so i'm, I'm really really intrigued to see what you guys have to say uh i'm ready to uh take my seat at the big kid table now that I've earned my way out of the Jack Jack high chair. <laughs> uh, you're not at the big kid table. I got news for you. <laughs> not, not when we're involved. <laughs> um, yeah, I think some, you know, some very good points and folks, if you have not seen this episode, this is the part where once again, you're going to pause this episode, go watch, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then come back because now it's spoiler time. Uh, if you haven't seen it, nothing's being held back. So save yourself the spoilers. But the very first thing that we get in this, so to speak, is we get the very, 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 very comic accurate reveal of Captain America and the new suit. And while the suit is amazing, I don't know. And again, maybe this is the problem with overthinking it and what you want to happen. Harrison, I know you said this about WandaVision where when you could take a step back and think about what the show was, I thought something a little bit more grand for his entrance. um, Besides just kind of like busting through the window and being like, I'm Captain America. Um, I was expecting something maybe a little bit more for him. Uh, but in the context of it, I understand what's happening. So, uh, again, even though I can understand it, for me, that original opening, it, it didn't fulfill exactly what I was hoping for as the introduction of him for people to see. I, I was really hoping for, right off the bat, the initial, like, the world sees him as Captain America, and what does that mean? Because we certainly get that later where he says, like, he can feel stares and he knows what this means. I was hoping that was going to be more of a point throughout the entire episode. Um, but that was that's where I want to start is what did you guys think of the initial showing of Sam as Captain America? Um, Harrison, I'll let you go first. There's also a fun little nod where the guy says, I thought Captain America was on the moon, which, again, conspiracy theory is is Rogers dead or is this guy is he up there on that space station with Nick Fury like we saw at the end of um Far From Home? Uh, maybe <laughs> that's not a question for right now, but a lot of lot of things about Steve being on the moon for some reason. So, Harrison, what did you think of this opening reveal? Yeah, it's, it's like I said, my memory of this episode was kind of hazy, so I pulled it up on my browser here. I got on mute and I was just kind of scrubbing through. And they like revealed his costume like within like the first four minutes. Uh, and I forgot how quickly this starts. Um, first, I will say I love the costume. Okay, I'm going to talk to him about my thoughts about how it was executed for as far as the reveal and the moment that it could have had. But just as like something that is on a person and they're just kind of like standing there, you know, just kind of ambiguous. I, I love it. I, I think it's right off the page. I think it looks great. And as I'm scrubbing through, I like perfectly on accident landed on this scene where before he goes in the window, it shows him throwing the shield. It's probably full CGI and the shield's flying out in front of him and he's got his arms open and his wings are up behind him. 
if anybody's interested, it's at three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it like I'm looking at it now and it looks like a comic panel, like the colors, the, the position, the shape, like it, it just looks so great. And I can't believe we got that. And it, it kind of holds there for a second. And then it like the shield flies through the window and then he launches through the window and he like lands and does a roll. And you're kind of like, oh, that's his costume. And like it's kind of happening kind of quick. You know, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like we're about to get the reveal. You know, like you can feel the anticipation, the little glimpses you get here and here that we're about to get the reveal. And then it cuts and it shows him kind of like standing up. And there's like a three second cut where it just kind of like focuses in on him a little bit longer. And then he's just got to like keep going and handling the bad guys. And it's kind of like that shoehorned in like we got to get the costume, you know, slow pan, uh, push in on him. And it, it's just like, man, like. This is a sweet costume. I really love it. And it just seemed kind of, it was like, oh, here's this costume. Okay, moving on. Like, uh, and I felt like it would have been cool. Like, like, it's not just that the costume's cool. It's that Sam is choosing to pick up the mantle of Captain America. And that reveal should have been more impactful. You know, take away the costume. He could have showed up in, you know, a swimsuit for all I care. Like, uh, the, the idea that w- what he's dressed in personifies what he's choosing. I felt like should have been revealed more and should have been a bigger moment instead of just him like flying in and, and throwing a shield at somebody. So I felt it was a little rushed. I felt like it did take away from the conclusion and the finality that like for the arc of Sam, I think Sam's has a wonderful arc over the series. And I think that kind of when he had his, his uh, monologue at the end was a good end to that arc. But the way the costume reveal was handled kind of felt like it, it cheap shotted or undercut part of his arc that could have been really great. That like, this is his statement. I've picked up the mantle, but I also understand it that like he is choosing to pick up the mantle right when a ton of chaos is happening. And there's not a moment for like the press release, <laughs> you know, we just got to rush it out. There's no press release. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of eh, like, I just kind of land in the middle of the road. Like it should have done better, but I don't know how to make it better. Okay, Rob, what are what are your thoughts on the opening reveal? So it starts off really cool, right? We 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 get that moment of him crashing through the window. We get, you know, we get the moment of him flying in, in the air and we're like, okay, we're gonna see the costume. You know, I think last week ended on such a great cliffhanger. He's opening the suitcase and we're not gonna see the costume. We have to wait a whole week to see the costume, and, and we're we're super excited about this. And so we see him flying through the air. Okay, we're not going to have to wait all episode. They're going to hit us with it. He comes crashing in, explosions, boom. You know, he stands up. He looks cool. He looks right off the page. And then someone asks him who he is, and he says, I'm Captain America, as casually as as you or I would if somebody asked us what time it was. Like, that was such a letdown to me. It, it, ha- it started off good, and then – it just completely fell apart. I wanted the moment when Sam Wilson says, I am Captain America. I wanted that moment to be bigger. I wanted it. I, I don't know. I don't know how I necessarily would say I wanted it to be different. I just, I wanted it to be bigger. I wanted there to, it to be in front of a larger audience. I wanted something more than what we got. And it started cool. But the very first time he says, I am Captain America. Um, I guess I wanted something different. And Matt, you'd kind of touched on something that, you know, kind of, I guess, shame on us for we, I, we did not talk about this once, um, you know, over the course of, of the six episodes 
uh, yet, but the the lack of of conclusive kind of um, status on what's going on with Steve Rogers, um, it does kind of feel weird that at no point do Sam and Bucky be like, well, let's ask Steve what he thinks. You know, we both. Yeah, right. He's whole, not this, dead. No, this whole series has been about his legacy and these two characters kind of having a disagreement about what it is and, and, and struggling to, to find out what he represents and, and trying to continue on the things that he fought for, the things he stood for. Um, this person who was their friend, their, their, you know, their war buddy, you know, the, the guy in the trenches next to them, their mentor, their, you know, field commander, um, you know, meant so much to these guys and and we we don't even get a hint. I mean, yeah, they they talk about him being on the moon or whatever is is more of a joke, but they they kind of treat it like he's not available for them to talk to, um, or he's not a, around. And there's really it really it feels weird. It really feels weird that we don't have anything conclusive. There's nothing even truly hinted at. And it would be strange that Steve would show up, drop off his shield at the end of Endgame, and be like, "All right, deuces, your boy's out." Like, never to be seen from again, never to be heard from again. He cares so much about these two friends. Though these two friends care so much about him, and there's nothing. Um, it feels strange, and and I kind of hope we get a payoff to this at some point in the future. Like we have some kind of conclusion as to where Steve is and what he's doing. Or if, if he's, if he's passed, then an acknowledgement that he has gone on, you know, to, to the afterlife or whatever you believe. Um, I, it just, that feels weird to me. Yeah. I mean, they do have that one conversation where he's like, Steve's gone, but it seems and maybe I'm wrong, so Harrison or Rob, uh, jump in and correct me. But it doesn't seem like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is really that long after Endgame. So if Steve is, like, dead, it seems like he passed, like, super quick after the events of Endgame where he comes back. And, Rob, you know, you kind of made mention to it, like... So he lived out his life and then he like he jumped back just to drop off the shield and then he's like he's passed on. Um I don't know if there's ever clarification like how long after Endgame this this series takes place. So yeah, it does feel a little odd that at no point he's there. Um or at least talk to in any way shape or form so you know regardless of whatever's going on with chris evans in terms of what his contract status might be and the rumors of him maybe coming back and being part of a project uh, i don't think we got clarification on why he would be a hundred percent gone which again you know with all the oh i thought he was on the moon or things like that maybe he is like completely out of touch. I mean, the last time we saw Fury, he was orbiting in a space station doing God knows what, maybe he's part of that, but um, yeah, some of that does seem weird to me. Um, Harrison, did you ever, did you hear anything about when this show is supposed to take place? Not that I know of. The only thing that I can say is that there's enough time between Endgame game 
and now for the GRC to be formed for refugees or whatever you want to call them to be moved and for the chaos to start to happen. So obviously it's not like the day after. Duh. But I, I'm pretty sure in the first episode they referenced something about six months. I remember six months oh, okay. standing out in my head as being as being something. Okay. I, I, I mean, that would seem very quick for Steve to to come back and pass. Um, but it could certainly be possible. He certainly was old when we saw him. So, you know, maybe maybe he is like gone in this in this universe, this version of him. So, but Rob, I, I, I wonder. I, I wonder if it was like part of the contract that uh, Sam had to sign when he took the shield. Right. <laughs> you will not talk to me. <laughs> right. I, I'm gone. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this opening scene, you know, we get the reveal. And again, I, I don't think there's any argument that the costume is, is spot on. He looks fantastic in it. Um, I did think it was interesting to see him like, with the wings again for him to be like, leave them. Cause it certainly seemed like maybe he wouldn't have them in the first like version of this suit. Cause like for him to be like, Oh, leave them. You thought maybe he was leaving that behind completely, but then to just have the wings back the next episode, I thought that was a little odd, but you know, this scene really is like one long shot of really action. You have Bucky there, you have Sharon there, which again, I thought, you know, she's supposed to be wanted, but I, I thought you'd have people that, that that were there that responded to this event that would maybe say, mm, wait a minute, you're you're a wanted person outside of like being in your you know, secret hideout, so to speak. But um, again, Harrison, I'll go to you first because we get a scene with Bucky talking to Carly um, about, look, it won't stop the nightmares and things like that. Uh, again, it, she's an, again, I've had a problem with her all series, but it's again, here is another issue that I have with her. I feel towards the end, there's such a cliche moment with her at the end of this episode and the end of her arc that I was just like, Oh, come on. Uh, but what are your thoughts on her in this episode? Because I, like I've said, I'm not a fan and I know you like the actress and you've been a fan of the character. So I'm interested to see what are your overall thoughts on how this ends for her? Yeah, that's probably the area where I'm having the biggest trouble. And the things that I've been reading as I've tried to pull my way from the Jack-Jack seat is that, like most people say, is that they have a problem with the, the you know, the villain, as they say, of Carly and the Slack, what the heck, the Flag Smashers. Um, so in this moment, I liked the conversation she had with Bucky, not because the conversation was super interesting, but I felt like it was a subtle um character trait of her that she's really intelligent like throughout the entire series we can see that as far as like strategy and planning goes she's pretty intelligent like she's good at separating people and kind of coercing people to be in a specific place that she wants granted it doesn't always go to plan because she's not the great at handling the situation once things erupt but she's pretty good at planning and and getting things to a specific point and so i thought that that was kind of cool um, but it did just kind of feel like generically villain, like, okay, we, we got to have Carly in here somehow. And, and so it's weird where like, I really felt like 
I thought the Flag Smashers could have been an amazing foil to everything that Captain America is, similar to U.S. Agent. Like, I felt like we could have had two sides of the foil coming in on the character of Captain America, and I thought it was going to be really interesting. And the season definitely started that way, and then it just kind of struggled. And from what I've read is it, it's, it seems like they had the biggest trouble with the Flag Smashers characters with shooting according to the restrictions of the pandemic and how they were shooting during the pandemic. So I feel like that might be a reason where it struggled, but whatever the reason is, they, the Flag Smashers and Carly as an antagonist definitely struggle to be anything that's not cliche or, you know, something that we haven't already seen. It, it starts really good and then just quickly becomes, oh, I just have to be bad, you know. And, and which is sad because I felt like there was great potential there that just was, you know, throughout the seasons lost more and more. Yeah. Rob, what are, what are your thoughts on her? Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to echo a lot of what Harrison said. I think we lost really an opportunity to see something different. There was, there was dustings of that happening. I'm thinking back to the moment where Sam is trying to, you know, kind of use his, you know, his uh, psychologist persona, you know, the person who helps people when they're dealing with trauma, you know, which is, which is really how we meet the character in, in Captain America too. Um, and he's, he's trying to talk to her and, and she's actually willing to listen. She's willing to engage in conversation with him. Um, whether or not he would have ever been successful in that had Walker not kind of blown that up by, by storming into the scene and trying to arrest her. Um, you know, we'll never know, but I, I kind of have my doubts. I mean, it's, it seemed like she was pretty committed to it, but, but we at least saw some, some chinks in the armor. You know, we saw the moment where she said, Hey, you tricked me into saying that. And it's like, well, um, not really. I mean, you said it, you know, like it, you know what's a really – I'm going to give everyone listening right now a pro tip. You want to know an awesome way to not sound like a terrorist? Don't talk about blowing up innocent people. It's awesome. Like, I do it all day long. I don't talk about blowing up innocent people, and I've never been accused of being a terrorist. It's so easy. Like, And, and we saw that, you know, maybe some chinks in the armor there. Um, again, I don't know that it ever would have materialized in anything because I, I think as we go through – and see more of her we we come to realize that she's been radicalized to the point where you know she's already blown up uh you know she she lit that building on fire uh killed a bunch of people in it it's kind of at the point you can't come back from this now you know she's clearly willing to die for the cause um because i don't know that she sees a way back into kind of civilized society i guess where she won't be perceived as a terrorist. She won't be perceived as a, as a radical group leader um, that's caused death, caused destruction, caused all kinds of things. Um, she's never going to really get that opportunity. I, I think she sees this as, as she's going to go down, you know, with the ship for her cause and maybe even become a martyr. I think she's perfectly fine with that uh, or just being constantly on the run uh, fighting for this cause until that happens. Um, but it's, we, how much outside of that one scene really with Sam, there's really not a lot that you can say about this group that makes them dramatically different from cookie cutter villains and cookie cutter villainous organizations that we've seen across 
a lot of different media from comics to films to video games to television. Um, I'm not really sure how truly different they are from, I don't know, pick anything you want. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. And, you know, I I think the Flag Smashers did have a real shot to be an actual really like deep group. But the only one you really get to see is Carly. And again, from my standpoint, she just didn't she didn't really do a lot for me in terms of believing her because I just felt like sometimes the way they wrote her character, it flip flopped too much for me Um, and not for the sense that she was having any sort of crisis with what she was doing. Um, Harrison, I think you said it a couple of times where it's like, Oh wait, we're, we're supposed to have like an actual, actual villain of the show. And we need to have her say a couple of things or do a couple of things that make her villain like, so I thought that was a real missed opportunity of this series and uh, of this episode that the way that the flag smashers came to an end was very like unceremonious. So a little disappointed there, but I was more disappointed with John Walker. And again, talking about things being abrupt his sudden change of heart and then Sam and I, yeah, I know they're facing somebody who's trying to hurt people, but man, like out of nowhere, this guy's walking around and getting people arrested when he's not even supposed to be involved in this at all. And he's just openly walking around with Bucky like, Hey, you know, what's great is you getting arrested. I thought it was a very weird turn to have him just be all of a sudden, okay, I want to help people. I wasn't a fan because I thought his best work was last episode. I thought a lot of it was undermined in this episode, and it makes it even a little bit more weird with the end credit scene for me because there's different ways that they could take him, but I guess I don't know which way he is going based on how this show ends. And I don't think it's a good thing that they left it up in the air. I just felt like, at least for me, it caused some confusion. So Rob, I'll let you go first. John Walker, what are your thoughts? Um, Do you feel like he flipped or do you feel like he did have a natural arc? You know, I've complained a lot about the writing of his character. Um, I felt it's been, very strange at times Um, on this show previously, I made the comment that it seemed like the writers were basically just looking for literally the douchiest thing they could think of to have him say. And that's what they would have him say. Like they, they, when we first get introduced to him, you know, he's, he's this all American guy, you know, he's super smart. He's a great soldier. He's all of these things. Um, You know, he's been, he's being built up to be this symbol and then that just completely falls apart, and the guy's just kind of a kind of a jerk, and and then he becomes even more of a jerk, um, and it just, I, I, it's not even like there's a way you can write the character where we don't like him, and then there's a way you can write the character where we don't like how the character is written, and that's really what I, I've seen happen. Um, 
we get a little bit of a redemption with him and it feels incomplete. Like, I, I don't know how to think about him. I don't know that I'm excited for what he's going to do next. I can't say I'm like, oh man, I can't wait till we see his next appearance in, in the MCU. And, and what's that going to be like? I, I'm more excited for, you know, Julia Dreyfus um, than I am John Walker. You know, I, I think overall there's, it's been very uneven. Yes. I liked him last week um, a lot more. I, I thought it was much more compelling, much more interesting. Um, but then once again, this week, it just, there's a lot of things that don't add up, you know, all of a sudden he and Bucky are just kind of like, okay, we're in the field together. Um, wait, you guys were just fighting like not that long ago, like throwing, killing blows at each other. And, and now you're working together. It just, it felt uneven. Harrison, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I think what you guys said is is really good. I, I think it's just because the character of John Walker and, and U.S. Agent, which is obviously we know where they're going with this character, is kind of hard because he's not like an outright villain, but he's definitely not a hero. And he's definitely not a hero that Captain America is. And so like this entire season, they were kind of showing that, you know, like he's not Captain America. He's not the best guy. And like besides like a a horrible thing that he did that you can kind of justify is not the right word, but you could kind of, you know, scoot around by saying he, he did it out of rage and emotion and, you know, whatever and whatever. Um, I just forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah. Like he, he never did anything that was like outright, like villainous, you know? Uh, and, and so I feel like at the end they're like, Oh, you know, this entire season we've kind of been like building up the little bit of the bad boy side of him. We got to have the end where we, remind people of the good guy part of him um, because that's kind of what the character of John Walker is, is he, he has moments where he's a really good guy and moments where he's the exact opposite. So I felt like it was just kind of like, I, I see what they were going through going for. They just stumbled on the way there. And I, I thought I was really interested when he comes charging in with his shield. And I love that the shield got destroyed in like two seconds. I was really glad that it didn't last because uh, that would have bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this thing is not vibranium. But uh, he shows up and then he like has that little redemption moment where he goes to save the truck and then he just get tackles anyway. And I was like, okay, if you're going to give a character redemption, like let him have it. Like, like don't have him go for it just to like be tackled to the ground. Like that feels kind of like why? You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything except for like, oh yeah, he, don't forget. Like he's kind of good. Um, and especially what you mentioned where he's just like, okay, with the people being arrested, uh, you know, I can sit here and kind of justify all the reasons. It totally makes sense for the character of Bucky. And I can say like, Oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe John's turning into a leaf and he's recognizing that he doesn't have power and he's kind of on thin ice. So he's a little more careful, whatever we can sit here and justify it. But the point is in the story, in the season, it doesn't fit. It feels, uh, out of nowhere. It feels a little bit rushed. And I, I think that that was just kind of the thing with the entire season finale or series finale we have in this last episode that everything just feels a little bit rushed. You know, uh, the Flag Smashers and Carly, the suit and Sam being Captain America, and even now with John Walker, everything just kind of feels like it had to be concluded really, really quickly, which takes away from the, the satisfaction of like, this was a hard-won conclusion for each character and each arc uh, feels a little bit cut short. Because I, I like the trajectory of all of them, and it just kind of uh, stumbles there at the end. And uh, I think that it does make it really interesting. Like, what the heck are they going to do with the character of U.S. Agent? 
he's a really interesting character. And we have that teaser. She even name drops U.S. agent. It's like, okay, I still have no idea. You know, like, is he just going to go arrest people? Is he going to decapitate someone with a shield again? Like, who knows? Yeah, I think... I, I saw something that I maybe think could definitely be what they're going for. And Harrison, I know you said you don't really, you didn't really get into X-Men, but Rob, you probably know where I'm going with this. Um, at one point in X-Men, Cyclops makes an X-Force team that handles the jobs that are a little bit too much for the regular X-Men. And Rob, do you think they're going towards like a dark Avengers kind of route with US agent um maybe leading the charge, especially the way she says when things get I, I think she said weird. I can't remember the exact line, but basically when things are a little bit out of the box, um they they don't need Captain America because well, Captain America kinda has an image to uphold. Um they need somebody that's just going to go in and get the job done. What do you think about that? Um, I, I certainly think that the the Dark Avengers is something I've seen a lot of discussion online about, um, and it absolutely fits with what could possibly be happen, happening next. I, I, I absolutely love Julia Dreyfus and, and just the the ease she has with talking about you know the the workings of government this feels like somebody who has kind of an understanding of how these things work and what happens behind closed doors you think back to last week when we first were introduced to her and she's talking about you know the ownership of the shield is kind of a legal gray area like she really feels like she's got experience in this world of 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 politics and power and you know clandestine operations, black bag operations. Um, you could certainly see where in this world, thinking about it again, post snap uh, and how crazy it is. And, and, you know, the, the grab for power that would be going on at this time and, and trying to reestablish old out, you know, allegiances and, and treaties and things like that. Um, there's going to be groups like the flag smashers. that are going to pop up and, there's certain things that, you know, the Avengers can't really get their hands dirty on. Um, maybe it's because it's more of a U.S. based problem, not necessarily <clears throat> one that, that affects the whole world. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely a need for these kinds of of operators to be in the field. Um, certainly th this country has a long history with the CIA putting together groups that go in undetected into nations that sometimes the those operations get declassified and sometimes they don't um so it completely fits with what the u.s would absolutely do if we had a guy like u.s agent walking around because he's deniable if if something happens on an operation and it goes wrong well that's john walker we we stripped him of captain america he's not representative of the u.s government he's rogue he's doing his own thing that you can't pin that on an official U.S. operation. That's that's just some nut job that that can't get over the fact that we stripped him. Meanwhile, he's completely being bankrolled by, you know, call it whatever this version of the CIA is going to be. Um, and and that could absolutely be something they're doing. There's there's got to be more characters out there that are like this guy that would never be the clean cut, you know, look 
that the Avengers would have of, of only people that are morally upstanding um, and worthy of picking up Mjolnir and, and things like that. Um, I think it would be fascinating. It's almost be like Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. Um, it could be a really cool story if they ever want to tell it. Yeah. Harrison, any, uh, any follow-up on that? Yeah, it definitely makes sense for a character named U.S. Agent. Uh, but I got to say, Rob, I had to look up what clandestine operations meant uh, so like for the first <laughs> two minutes of that conversation. I was just trying to catch up. So I guess I'm back to Jack Jack there. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think that'd be really, really interesting. I, I, especially as... Uh, what is it that the, the Legends thing on Disney Plus says? As the universe expands, I think that there is definitely room for, you know, a clandestine operation U.S. agent. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be cool to see. It. Yeah, I definitely, again, I mean, I think they've shown that they're willing to just really explore, you know, different avenues and what they can bring to Disney+. Plus. Certainly, I think that would be more of a Disney Plus show, not a movie, but... You know, we have John Walker coming back, you know, uh, getting his little redemption arc, which, again, we all kind of have the same thought on there, so to speak. But the other thing that I felt was unceremonious, and I I guess the more I'm talking about it, maybe this, I I don't know, maybe I don't like this episode as much as I thought I did. Uh, Sharon Carter, and you find out, Again, kind of unceremoniously, and I'm not saying everything has to be this like big reveal, but when it's just hinted at for the whole thing, the whole show, and then it's just like dumped as exposition, and then three seconds later, it's over. I I don't know, and maybe it's because we're certainly going to see more of her. I just felt like it was very unfulfilled with her so far and how this show ended. And maybe we get more if we have a season two, but Harrison, I'll let you take this first. Um, It's just another one of those things where I felt like it was rushed. And then, you know, we get the ending with her being reinstated, so to speak. And just, Oh, well, Oh, she's definitely in it for herself it's really not about like it wasn't about like oh geez i want to get back to the states because i i want that back it's i want more power so that's interesting to me but i definitely felt like again that she was a little bit of a low point for me in this yeah i'm i'm with you there i kind of saw this trajectory happening early on in the season but i prevented myself from thinking about it to follow my rules that I made for myself after WandaVision. Um, but in the episode when they were in Madripoor and Sam was originally talking about getting her a part, and I kind of thought, you know, like someone in her position who I think is a power broker and who no longer has super soldier serum would want another way to have some power and getting herself into getting her grubby fingers into U.S. operations would be a great way to do that. Uh, I think it's a really exciting character, you know, especially – it's interesting because like the idea is more exciting than what actually happened. So like, I I'm thinking I'm answering your question and I'm not even like talking about the actual episode. I'm talking about more about the idea, uh, which is a bummer because I agree to get back to the actual episode. It just kind of felt like tacked on like, Oh yeah, we forgot like for our next project, we got to turn Sharon Carter into the, the power broker. 
who has U.S. power now, you know, like, we can't forget for the next project, we got to do this, you know, like, it doesn't feel uh, a part of it. It just feels tacked on, which is a bummer because it could have been really, really cool. And, and hopefully it is going forward. Yeah, Rob, what are what are your thoughts on this? Um, so I was very disappointed to find out that Power Broker was not indeed Ralph Boner. That was <laughs> that was my that was all along. That's what I was going for. Turns out wasn't right. Uh, but I digress. Um, it, it's been very confusing to try to understand her motives all along. So okay, so they make her a wanted criminal after the events of Civil War. So she goes to Madripoor, she makes something of herself, she probably uses some connections to start things up, she uses her knowledge, she uses her skills to begin an empire, and, and it builds it from there. Um, but it it doesn't feel in character for her. You know, it doesn't feel in character for somebody who did the things that she did, believed the things that she believed about right and wrong, to all of a sudden just become a gangster. You know, like she's she's kind of the job of the hut really of of this world and it's like it it feels off and when she gets her pardon and decides that she's just going to continue that life um man she must have really been pretty jilted about how that all went down um to kind of continue on it's um it I, i guess what i would say is i'm very confused about this whole story with her um, now that could pay off in a really spectacular way. Maybe the, you know, Captain America four that we're talking about, maybe we kind of get the resolution to that conflict where say Sam finds out that, that she is, um, and has to try to talk her down from this and, and try to redeem her through words instead of fists and shields and wings. Um, that could be a, a cool moment if set up properly and executed properly for, for a future film. Um, but until, until we get that, it's just going to feel kind of weird to me. Yeah. I think that's part of my big problem is sometimes I think when you're trying to set something up, you often sometimes lose sight of the fact of, well, let's make this the best possible thing that we can. And I feel like that's sort of what happened here with some of these, these story points is, well, you have to wait to actually make everything make sense. And I don't need closure immediately all the time, but it has to make sense. And some of this doesn't make sense to me is, is where my issue lies. So, that's one of my issues that I have. And that leads into the ending of Carly and Sam's, you know, rivalry, so to speak, where Harrison, again, I'll go to you first. She gets shot. Sam's holding her. What does she have to be sorry for? Because she didn't care. Like if I have to die, that's fine. I don't care about killing people like, oh, I'm sorry that I killed Lamar because he like doesn't matter because he didn't matter to what I was trying to accomplish. But I felt like that was so unnecessary because what is, what is she sorry to Sam for? Like she literally five seconds ago was 
basically trying to kill him, like fighting him. So where does that come from that she's sorry? Maybe I missed something. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take it away. Uh, I am just going to leave it at that. I thought that sorry ruined that entire scene. It, I felt like that moment was for Sam more than anybody. It was Sam as Captain America. Someone not, this is going to may come across the wrong way, but someone that he felt was his personal project to do the right thing with, uh, to handle the right way, to resolve the right way, to, to handle peacefully, to, to live up to the mantle of Captain America the way that Steve Rogers would. And he felt like this was his kind of his first opportunity. Uh, and maybe in his eyes, he feels like he failed. I, I, I don't know. But, but that moment where that care that he had for Carly is he's, I don't know, maybe feeling the responsibility of it or the weight of it or just the reality of it. That moment was for him. And I thought that it was handled really, really well. Like the awkwardness that um, Carly had on her face as Sam was holding her, like what a horrible way to die. Like you're looking in the eyes of someone you've been opposing, um, but you know that this person has been sympathetic towards you. Like I, I just thought it was like a really, really great scene. And then she said she was sorry. And I was like, what? what are you sorry for? Like, that made no sense. Like, it kind of felt like, you know, like the writers are like, okay, well, how can we make this moment more emotional? How can we add some sympathy? And they're like, oh, let's add an I'm sorry in there. The same way that someone would be like, how can we make this villain bad? It's like, well, let's have him stroke a white fluffy cat. (laughs) Like, it just, uh, I don't know. I just felt like it ruined the whole scene. Okay. Rob, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, she says earlier, I didn't mean to kill your friend. I don't want to hurt people who don't matter. Um, pretty sure she blew up a building full of people, um, but I digress. You know, like, there's just little things like that about her character that just don't, they don't make sense. It's the, it's all over the place. She's either a terrorist who's going to kill everybody and everything um, to accomplish her goals. And, and Sam has this great comment about, you know, how many more. Um, it's very compelling in regards to the conversation that I think is, is really not quite central to, um, this series, but uh, one of the central conversations about violence as a means to an end, it's like, okay, well, you blew up one building, you didn't get what you wanted. Okay. How about two? How about three? How many innocent people do you have to blow up to justify what you're trying to do? How many, how many innocent lives do you have to ruin? Um, and, and you, again, we, we've talked about the, the violence as a means to an end as a, as a theme throughout this. And it's, it's very interesting the, the way that he poses it to her. And then they have the fight and she says, I'm sorry. And I'm just as much at a loss for what she's actually sorry for in character as opposed to in the writer's room um, as you guys are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just. Again, I didn't really connect with her a lot in this series. I definitely didn't connect with her in this episode. But immediately after this, I think we have maybe one of, at least to me, one of the better scenes. And it's not action, but it's dialogue. And it's Sam coming down and it's where he addresses the media and tells everybody, like, we have to do better. And I understand, like the looks that I'm getting right now. I thought that was really well done. Rob, I know we got a glimpse of something you mentioned last episode where a certain character is shown 
actually watching this interaction with the media and some of his emotion tied to it. So I'll let you go first, but what did you think of this scene? Cause you made mention of it earlier, but what were your overall impressions of Sam really for the first time uh, addressing the world, so to speak, because there's a lot of people watching this because it was major news that the building was being attacked um, as Captain America. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we have been talking about for the last several weeks is the difference between a good man and a good soldier. And the fact that, yes, uh, John Walker might be a good soldier. He's not a good man. Uh, Sam Wilson is a good man. And we see that many times through this series we absolutely see it through this episode he is a good man and that's why steve chose him and we get to what i'm pretty sure i timed it it's pretty close it's a four minute long rant um and on my first watch through i i feel like i'm probably going to be on an island here i didn't like it um, second watch through, it didn't bother me as much, but it felt like it was too long by half. Um, and basically he just sort of agrees with the, you know, the, the lawmakers, the GRC people, that policy is hard. You know, it's not easy to make laws, to make rules, to, to enact legislation, to come up with plans for a, a government. Hell, it's hard to get a PTA to together to work on things and get everybody happy about it. Like these things are hard because everybody who comes to that table has different things they want, has different things they need. And there's never rarely, I should say a, a right answer. That's right for everybody. It's, it's all trade-offs. There's, there's never going to be anything perfect. And when, when something happens, it might benefit 75% of the people and it's going to be a detriment to 25% of those people. And those 25% are going to be pretty pissed off. And, and that's what, that's what governing is, or at least it should be. Um, and he kind of acknowledges all of that and, and basically just says, guys, can't we all just get along? You know, Hey, you guys, let's, let's get along better. Let's, let's do Kumbaya. And, and uh, all the kumbaya in the world was was never going to fix these problems. I, he makes some good points about how they should have, you know, done some things moving forward. But it's hard to think that there were no people who were displaced or who were occupying places that they were about to be displaced that weren't involved in this at some point. Like it's it's so hard to think that these decisions were just made unilaterally and nobody that was going to be moved out. Um, was consulted or, you know, some, yeah, groups like the ACLU or, or other special interest groups out there wouldn't have been fighting against us and railing against some of these things. Like it just, it felt very strange and, you know, the, multiple sides are just not going to agree on everything. Um, you were going to have somebody pretty upset. And, and look, I think the Senator makes some good points about what you just want people to say they can't move back into their home. Um, it, and there's really not an answer. It's just, you know, he just kind of looks at him and is just like, well, do better. Okay. I, we want to, what should we do? Well, just do better. And I, like I said, I think I'm probably going to be on an Island here. Cause I think this is going to be a scene. A lot of people point to is the most powerful moment of the whole series and, and a great moment moving forward. And, 
Um, it just didn't really work for me. And, and Harrison, I'm, you're going to go next. And I'm sorry if you really liked it and I just ruined it. But um, but if you like, like if you liked it, if anybody who's listening to this liked it, that's fine. Like you can like anything you want to like. It didn't really it didn't really work for me. Um, it just it kind of fell a little bit flat and it was too long by half. Um, I will say that seeing Isaiah's reaction was something that I talked about last week that I wanted to see. And it was a cool moment. That was a really cool moment. And I'm glad we got it. I'm glad they thought to include that. Um, I would have liked it a lot more if it was two minutes shorter. Harrison, how do you feel about this scene? Uh, it's hard to follow Rob. Um, but uh, I'm trying to organize my thoughts. Again, because I hadn't rewatched it. I think that this scene, if I'm going to phrase it well, I'm trying to say this the right way, I think that this scene is a good expression of the human effort, uh, of the human effort for goodwill, is that we all believe that we could do better, and most of us have no idea how. Uh, and uh, and it's because the world's really complex and really hard, and uh, people don't agree, and whatever. Uh, and it's really interesting to to talk about this scene because, like, does this scene work in the context of the series? if the series was in a vacuum, I think 100%. I think that this moment is showing that Sam is a good man. I think it's showing that he can 100% carry the mantle of Captain America. And I also think that it's showing how much he cares about people in a way that others. And I also think that it shows that he's not going to take smack from anybody. I thought it was a really great scene. I think that there were, there were some parts of it that I thought was really great, like the line where he says, I'm just here because I believe we can do better. Seeing Isaiah's reaction, those types of things. I do think that it went on a little long. I think that, like myself, trying to create importance just means you drag things out longer than they should be. Uh, I tend to do that a lot. Probably am right now. But I, 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 I'm, I don't know where, what I feel about it yet. There are parts of it I thought, like, man, this is really, really great. I really, really love this. I think this is working so well. And then there's a part of me that's like, well, it doesn't quite work but I honestly don't know how it could have done better. And that's one of the reasons why I like it is that Sam or any Captain America is not perfect and is not going to be able to swoop down in their sweet costume and stand in front of a news camera and be like, all right, uh, the answer to world peace is 24. You know, like, like that just doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, I, I, I think that I'm on the side where I like the scene more than I dislike it. And part of the reason is just because I think it shows the reality of the human condition towards goodwill and, and the struggle that we all have towards that. And, and, and I just quite liked it. I thought that it was a good conclusion for Sam. We talked about a little bit earlier how, you know, that concluding part of his arc with him choosing to be Captain America was a little cut short. I think that, that this was, in addition to trying to just be like a big moment, was also trying to be a big moment for the character arc of Sam, and that's maybe why it was a little long. But I've talked enough. I'm really interested to see what you think, Matt. Yeah, I think that, again, I think it's supposed to be like that closing, that real moment that the world sees him 
as Captain America. And I like that he acknowledges that, you know, he says, even now I can feel the stairs, people looking at me, thinking that me wearing this is a disgrace. I just think that instead of having that thrown into a four minute dialogue, I think starting that at the beginning of the episode would have made that speech more impactful of, yeah, I, I know what people are already saying, but guess what? Like I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I think is right because I believe we can do better. And I think by doing this and showing you that I'm willing to still take that criticism, but still try and do better. That's what, you know, that's what the shield is supposed to mean. And that's what that legacy of Captain America is supposed to mean. I just felt it could have been, you know, pieced throughout the episode, and not just dumped into a four minute long dialogue towards the end. I did like it. Mm. I, I thought it was a, you know, a good moment for Sam. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, again, it's just, it's a weird episode for me because it feels again, it feels rushed and it feels like some things are left on, you know, unsaid that maybe needed a little bit more time to marinate before. Oh, well, let's see what hopefully is in season two or the, Oh, Hey, Captain America four is supposedly going to happen with, you know, Sam Wilson. So I like it. Do I think it's great? No, but I don't necessarily like, I don't hate it or anything like that. But one scene that I do really like that's left open-ended and I think it works for him more so than anybody else here is the scene where Bucky finally reveals that he is the man who killed uh, Harrison. Help me. Cause you usually know these things. Um, the character that we met in the beginning of the show where he tells him that he kills his son, uh, Harrison or Rob, do you remember this guy's name? Cause I do not. That's terrible. Ah, that guy, I believe, is it Yori? I think that's right, actually. Uh, I think you're right. Wow, yeah. I was like scrolling through IMDb as fast as I could. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he, you know, he shows up to tell him that he's the one who, who murdered his son. And we don't get to fully see his reaction. We just see Bucky leaving. And then, though, we get a scene where it says, Doc, thanks for everything. And he leaves a note for his therapist kind of saying, I, I don't need this. I'm done. Why I like that and why I thought it was great that we don't see the reaction for Bucky telling him is because I, for me, what Bucky really needed all along is – it's more about, okay, he needs to forgive himself because some of these people are not going to forgive him for what he did as his winter soldier. And he's finally, to me, this is how I interpret it. He has accepted that and he's going to continue to move forward and just do what's right um, and be a good person. So it doesn't matter how this guy reacted to the audience. What matters is that Bucky has been able to forgive himself because again, like I said, 
not everybody's going to forgive him. And if that's what he's basing on trying to move forward, well, he's never going to be able to. So that makes sense. But uh, Harrison, I'll kick it to you first with how did you feel about that closing segment to Bucky moving forward? Uh I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. I think this was probably my favorite scene of the entire episode uh, for a few reasons. One, I'm really glad for Bucky. Like I mentioned, one of the things that's really made me emotional this season is the story of redemption in Bucky. Uh, I, I've been a huge fan of the way that it's been done. It's one of the many reasons I love Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the second film, is because of the, the redemption for Bucky. And... I love that he told Yori, you were correct, Rob, I looked it up, it is Yori. Um, <laughs> I love that he told Yori and that you, that he do, that the next scene isn't him and Yori at the bar. You know, like, does Yori forgive him? I have no idea. Will he probably? I'm betting because Yori seems like a really great guy. But does forgiveness take some time? I, I think so. And I think that it would be kind of ridiculous to assume that after you just dump this heavy thing on someone that you're just going to go hang out at the bar and be good friends. And there's no, uh, difficulty added to that relationship. That, that relationship is definitely strained by that. Uh, and so I appreciate that. But the thing that I love, especially when what you were saying is this one scene when it shows him the, the gift that he drops off to his therapist. And it, we saw it earlier in the season where he's sitting in front of this, like, uh, painting on the wall of like a big forest, a green, a green forest. I have pulled up here and asked, it look, they look like aspen trees. Uh, it's really peaceful and green and, and really beautiful. And he sits in front of that during his counseling and, and he leaves the note on that couch. And the camera is pushing in on the therapist and, you know, focusing more and more on this background. And then she walks away and all we get is this background. And this may be something that I, I think it's intended to be this way, but I don't think many people noticed it. Maybe they did. I'm not trying to say that like I'm super smart or anything, but just something that I love. There's this one scene in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where <laughs> spoilers for that if you haven't seen it, but you should. Uh, <laughs> where um, after Sam and Bucky have their huge fight on the helicarrier, and Sam says, you know, if I'm your mission, just finish it. I'm with you to the end of the line. Or not Sam, Steve Rogers, excuse me. And then he falls in the water. And then Bucky, as a Winter Soldier, grabs him out of the water and kind of drags him into the mud. You get this great image. And I love this moment of the movie where to the right, you see the helicarrier crashing into the ocean and there's destruction everywhere. And then you have the way that the imagery works. You have Captain America laying there, muddy and bloody, you know, knocked out. And you see Bucky, as a Winter Soldier, walking away from all that into a forest of green trees. And if you listen to the Basement Binge episode, I talked about that scene a lot. And one of the moments is that's what like good friendship and good redemption can do is that you leave behind worlds of destruction into greener paths. And I think I, I just think that's amazing imagery that they achieved. And this moment is like, for me, that moment where all of Bucky's frame is full of green trees. And just what that means for him personally. I, I just... I love it and, and what it means to probably just me personally and probably other people too. And, and for me, I, I just love that moment that Bucky is probably at peace because he feels that all of his life is filled with those green trees and that destruction is 100% behind him. Uh, what a great 
moment for redemption for Bucky. And, and then to move on, if I can skip ahead a little bit, he's able to go. And I, I would say, if I'm going to put it poetically, be a part of a family and, and, and feel a little more of that joy without having to be weighed down by that destruction. You know, he, he can in, take in all of life's pleasures completely because he's not weighed by that guilt anymore. And, and I just love it as someone who loves stories about redemption uh, told in this way. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I could not wait to talk about this scene. So I'm glad you let me. Thank you. Well, I love that piece. Uh, all right, Rob, try and try and talk about that now. <laughs> um, so I have nothing anywhere near as good as that. I not, <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh, that's tough to top. Um, the the thing that I definitely want to say, though, for sure, as as we get to kind of the the conclusion of what we saw on screen, um, I I have to say that in the future of the MCU, I am 100% looking forward to the new Bucky Barnes and the new Sam Wilson. Um, these guys certainly um, had a had a path, you know, they had a journey throughout this series. Um, and, and I liked both characters coming into it. I liked every scene they were in. Um, but the each of them coming out of this are in a different place than when they started. And it's a, it's a more interesting place. Um, I, I am so excited to listen for the rumors of the next time that we'll see either of these characters in the MCU. Uh, certainly, you know, a Captain America 4 is, has been talked about in pre-production. Um, I'll be there day one. You know, that'll be something that uh, I got to imagine by that point, New York will finally allow theaters to be open and stay open. I got to imagine like, dear God, please allow that to be true. Um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do next because they're, they're going to be very compelling and, um, and they've gone on a journey. Yeah. I, I think those are all good points. I, I am very curious to see the new, you know, path for these characters. I I do think they set that up rather well. So I'm super interested to see where it goes specifically for these two characters. I hope it is sooner rather than later that we get to see Sam and Bucky again, because again, this show has done a really good job showcasing them. That's what we were hoping for with these Disney plus announcements that, these side characters that didn't get a ton of screen time in the MCU would get their, their just due. And I think there's no denying that certain characters are like, wow, I did not realize that they were that interesting. Um, especially if you didn't read the comics or you have no real prior knowledge to them, except for the MCU. I think they've done a fantastic job with that, but you know, we're kind of getting really we're like at the end of this episode. And the last major part of this is Sam going back to see Bradley and Harrison. I'll let you go into that. And then I'd really like to see after that cap, what you think of this episode as a whole, but what did you think about him actually going and the reveal that we get of, you know, what he's been able to do to let this memory live on that nobody knew about. I'll, I'll let you go. 
Uh, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect him to go back to Isaiah. I mean, I, I mean, a part of me did because I know that Isaiah's grandson or son of whoever it is is part of the Young Avengers. I forget his name. I don't even know who he is in the Young Avengers. I just know that he is. Um, so I was like, sooner or later, not necessarily in this season, but like sooner or later we're going to see him again. I did not expect it to end. Like I kind of just thought that, you know, like Sam had come to his conclusion and he was ready to conclude that chapter that Isaiah was a part of. And I think that it, again, just shows how good of a person Sam is like how good of a man like we've been using that quote from the first Avenger for, like crazy because it fits so well like he is the type of person that after all this after he saves the GRC voter what you know whatever you know he does his turn as the stars and stripes he's going to go back and and visit one person that he cares about and, and I just love that it, it's a great great endpoint for the character of Sam and I also just thought it was great for the character of Isaiah Bradley to get that memorial and whoever that actor is, I don't have his name, uh, but man, he's just every scene he is in, he is so good, and I and I love that memorial. I, I love that they added that, you know, because I, who knows where this memorial is? Probably somewhere on some studio lot. They got this, you know, Captain America memorial, uh, and for what it's worth, I think it's great that there's an Isaiah Bradley memorial that's now built there. You know, who knows if it's taken down and reshuffled a million times, but it, it's a thing. Uh, physically, in the world, like the, not just in this TV series, but in the real world, and I just think that that's kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, I really like that. I, I I was not expecting to see that scene, and so I'm glad that it was there. And it didn't feel overdone, and that's why I liked it. So to wrap up, for do you want me to give my rating? You know, my reels, or do you want me to wait for that? No, I th I think we can. You know, we've covered this episode, so I think we can go into what we think about this last scene and where we where we see this episode as a whole. Okay. my So my real rating for this episode of a whole, uh, I think that I'm going to say three and a half. I, I, there are definitely some parts that could have been a lot better, which is a bummer. And the thing is, I think it's really interesting. We talked about these vague texts that we send each other. Uh <laughs> It's like my brain watches the show and then it's on like a delay. Like it's the thoughts are loading into the <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, I have all these opinions. Like, let me get them out. But like when I turn it off, it's like, okay, I'm done. Like pause on those thoughts, brain. Uh, maybe that's what happens. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, there, there was some parts that I thought were just amazing. Um, I really, really loved. Uh, and not just like, oh, that was good. Like I just genuinely thought it was so great. Um, you know, like the scene with Isaiah, like the scene with Bucky and the green trees, uh, Sam's uh, new costume. There's a scene where I, you know, Sam saves these people on the bridge. Um, he, he saves like a pol two police officers in the helicopter and he's on the bridge and like everybody claps. Like that just made me feel so nostalgic towards like comics and TV shows as a kid in a way where like the New Yorkers clap for the hero. Mm -hmm. You know, like so, so there were moments like that that like I just I just loved, loved, loved. Um, and then, like we talked about, there was these moments where, like, a scene was totally ruined by a stupid "I'm sorry." So, three and a half is what I'd, I for this specific episode I would I would give three and a half reels. Uh, Rob, same question to you: the the ending, and what do you think of this episode as a whole? So that last scene, um, I didn't really catch it the first time. Second time through, something that really stood out to me: there is a moment 
Sam shows him the room. I, um, and, and Isaiah is certainly affected by that emotionally. And they have this really um, heartfelt embrace. And I'm looking at Isaiah's face. Um, and, I, and I don't know how many other people read this. But when I looked at it the second time, one of the things that I was reading in his reaction without words is that he has this overwhelming joy, not necessarily that I think he wanted his own history, him personally, to be honored and remembered. It didn't really ever feel like that was his goal at any point, was that he wanted a statue of him. Like, it didn't seem like that's what he wanted. So I started really, like, analyzing what was happening with this scene. And the way that I, I am going to choose to observe this is that Isaiah has now been given the ability to love his country again that he used to love and and, it, and for a very long time wished he could love again, but had very obvious reasons why he couldn't. It, it was It's almost like being in an abusive relationship. You know, the, he loves this, he loves his country so much, but has been done so dirty, <laughs> clearly. Right. He's been lied to, has been experimented on, has been outright tortured, um, has been imprisoned, and he hated his country. And you can understand that. And now he has a redemption for that and hope for the future because of Sam allowing him to embrace his love of country, his, his hope for the future, his feeling that the United States and the world will be a better place because of the kinds of things that Sam Wilson and people like Sam are doing. He's now this beacon um, for hope for people who look like him. And it, he, he can believe that a self-respecting black man would want to be Captain America. And I really, that's how I read that scene. Um, and it was, and I'm going to, that's, that's head canon now, by the way, um, that's, that's permanently how I, how I'm going to choose to look at that. And it, and it really struck me. Um, just, you know, Carl Lumbly as, uh, as Isaiah Bradley was fantastic. You know, uh, he was gruff and mean and, and terrifying when he needed to be. And, and sort of mentoring at different points um, giving tough love when he needed to um, really compelling character. And um, I'd kind of, I'd kind of like to see more, you know, if they ever gave us a what if story or a short somehow one-off where we got to see some of his missions in Korea, uh, I wouldn't be upset about that. I'd be okay. Um, in terms of rating, um, there's a lot to like here. Um, I, I had last week at a five, I gave the first two episodes of this series a five uh, episode three, I, I was kind of, I was kind of down on episode four. I liked a little bit more, but had some problems. Um, this one has things to like things to dislike. Uh, you know, once again, it's very weird to me how many fights don't have guns in them. You know, when you're talking about conflicts on a global scale, it's like, all right, guys, let's get ready to go. We got your bombs. Okay, cool. Check poison gas. Check scary black hockey masks. Check guns. Nah, like, it's, it just seems so weird um, that all of these fights happen and nobody's got guns. Like it, so those kinds of things seem weird. And 
And then when we get Zemo's butler blowing up what's left of the Flag Smashers, it's like, well, how did he know they would be captured? How did he know they'd be captured alive and loaded into that specific van? Like, there's just little stuff here and there. Uh, So for me, uh, I give it four reels out of five. Um, and, And I think there's... I probably actually don't like it that much, but, <laughs> but, um, as I've said many times, um, man, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are just so damn good. And, and their portrayals of their characters are so good. Um, that I, I just think my brain skips right over, uh, some of the stuff that I didn't really care for, or I, or I gloss over some of the things that I don't like and just focus on, you know, how great these two are when they're on screen together. So four reels out of five. Yeah, I think those are all very good points. Um, I'll just touch on the fact that I don't think the scene with Sam and Isaiah, I feel like it lasted exactly as long as it needed to, where his speech felt, you know, like oversaturated. I felt like this moment was exactly what it needed to be. And it ran its course at the appropriate time. Uh, Rob, I love your take on how you, you know, perceive what his emotions were and what that look on his face meant. Um, I I think that's a a great, you know, analysis of it. I like it a lot. As far as the episode goes, I'm more with Harrison, I would have to say a three and a half. I I was very close to maybe a three, but I do. Again, there's just some of the things that do work in this episode work so well for me that I can't give it too low. But again, I feel like it was a crawl, not a, you know, a straight jog to the finish line, which is a little disappointing. Um, but I would give this episode three and a half reels, but maybe a three. Like if I went back and watched it one more time on top of watching it twice, maybe my rating would go down. I definitely can't see it going up, but that's my score for right now is three and a half reels. So that's where I stand. But Harrison, if you have a, another second here, the episode, the season as a whole, not episode. Where does this rank for you? And does it overall rank better than WandaVision will be my last set of, you know, my last topic for you? Uh, great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, okay, let me gather my thoughts. The season as a whole, I thought was really great. It didn't... The way... uh, WandaVision set new expectations for what I could expect out of the MCU, while also teaching me to bridle my expectations properly. Uh, It was a learning experience, (laughs) if you will. Uh, But it was also a ton of fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought it was really great to see emotional character focused stories. And so I really love WandaVision for that reason. And one of the things that I love is that this series is more of the same thing. Um, Both seasons kind of had their flaws, had their falling out points where they didn't work the best. Um, So what do I think about this series 
as a whole, I would if I were to give it a reel, I would give this four point two five stars <laughs> or reels, uh, just barely between four and a half and four, uh, which is kind of cheating. Uh, you know, it's kind of more of just what we said. There's parts of it that I really really love, and there's parts of it that. I didn't, but for the most part, when I think about the conclusion of it, the entire thing existing together, the parts that I enjoy are what I remember. Um, but if I need to, I can definitely, you know, bring up the parts that I didn't like. But for the most part, I liked it. For the most part, I'm really glad every episode that I watched it, and I'm really glad the way that it was handled. And I think that it did really good, and I'm excited to see how it goes moving forward. As far as its ranking in the MCU, um, you know, it's it's um kind of like it's long so i don't know if i'll ever rewatch it again uh same reason that like i haven't watched Endgame more than like twice just because it's like so long uh not as long as Zack Snyder's Justice League, which i mean i have no excuse rob has watched that so many times and the amount of times that i've chosen to watch the last jedi rob probably has a problem so whatever you choose what to watch and that was just that was a necessary last jedi reference i've been thinking about how to get there we skipped the last it last five episode, minutes but anyway so we, we should get two in this week yeah, exactly uh if <laughs> rob you gotta get the other one but get the other one. Uh, as far as the falcon and the winter soldier in the mcu as a whole it's somewhere in the middle of the pack uh, I'd have to sit down and really think about where it is. Uh, but I think it's going to be barely above WandaVision just because the story of redemption and the story arc of Sam is one that I really personally love and have a deeper connection to than I do with Wanda. I mean, the story of grief, I think, is really awesome with Wanda. And I love the characters of Wanda and Vision because WandaVision. But I had more investment going into Falcon and the Winter Soldier beforehand. Um, and so I come out with a little bit more afterwards. And I also love, this is one thing that takes it up that I forgot to mention earlier, is that they cha- the very end, the title change to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, I thought was one of the best things ever. Uh, so that takes it up. So yeah, middle of the pack MCU, but beats out WandaVision by a little bit. Hard question to answer. <laughs> Rob, where, where does it stand for you on the same topic? And obvious, Rob thinks watching anything past the title screen on Last Jedi is watching it for too long, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Matt got the reference. Maybe so we can get in now. three this episode. Alright. Um, so, you know, it's funny you ask that question, Matt. Where do I... So, as, as a series, I'll just, I'll just give my, my ranking. It's four and a half reels out of, out of five for me. Um, I, I think that when I think about this series, what I'm probably going to remember is like I said before, just how damn good Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are in literally every scene they're in together. Um, Every scene they're in by themselves is, is fantastic. Um, There's just so many interesting things that they're, that they did. I'm going to remember how this show was able to present some, some heavy topics that largely the MCU and Disney as a whole, for the most part, has has shied away from for not wanting to get too political, not wanting to run the risk of alienating paying customers. Because let's let's not pretend that art is only made for art's sake. Um, art is about making money at this stage. You know, when you, when you're putting out the you know the kinds of money that disney's putting out into marvel films into star wars into you know their own animated uh films and 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 you know live action shows um 
it's it's to make money. It's not just to make art. Um, so to take a chance and cover some of the things, present some of the ideas that they did, and do it in a way that I think, man, they they nailed it. You know, you you could ha- you could definitely run the risk of putting off those people like Harrison had mentioned, he'd read some reviews about, you know, people saying, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want politics. Keep it out of my, keep it out of my shows. There's a lot of people out there who feel that way and they have every right to feel the way they want to feel. Everybody has the right to choose what entertainment they, they want to engage in or not, or if you, or if you're into sports or not, or, or whatever it is you like, there's actually people out there who liked last Jedi, which is so weird to me, but that's look, it's okay. You know, you can like whatever you want to like. Um, and, and they, they decide to show these things in a way that doesn't alienate most viewers, at least not that I've really seen much of or, or interacted with anybody who's like, yeah, I don't really like what they're doing with it. I haven't really heard that. I haven't really seen much of that. And at the same time, you can, you can start to dip your toe in the water. And I kind of think about the the controversy around um you know the live action beauty and the beast where for the very first time disney put a homosexual character on screen and the character basically did nothing but have like one quick moment where he danced with another man and many people said okay that was nothing why did you even bother um so so you run that risk too of not going far enough for people who are looking for you to make a statement and they want um, social conversations, they want the companies and the brands that they do business with to stand for something. And and if there's a law being passed in this state, they demand that their sports teams say, no, we won't play in this state because of of these things. And the companies who have headquarters in those states to say, no, we we are against this, you know, as a as a business that that has many employees here, we're, we're anti this. Like there's a lot of people out there who want those sorts of things. So you run the risk of not going far enough. Um, I, I'll remember this show is hitting it right down the middle of, of not alienating anybody uh, who feels kind of either way. Um, you're always going to have your lunatics on the, on the fringes um, and you're never going to please them no matter what you do. So don't even try. But for your average viewer who's paying their $7.99 a month or whatever it is for Disney Plus or however you get your bundle or if you're borrowing someone's password, you know, for your average viewer who's sitting down looking for some interesting entertainment, uh, I'm going to remember the show as as doing that and doing a great job of it. Um, yeah, there's going to be things that I didn't overly love. Will we ultimately remember much about Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers? Eh, we're not going to remember much we're going to probably remember how great Sam was and how great his costume looked. Um, and, and we're going to remember the, the friendship that we saw develop and the trust that we saw, saw develop between Bucky and Sam. Um, we'll probably remember those things uh, a lot more. Um, so where does it rank against WandaVision? Man, I have been thinking about that a lot and I don't really have an answer um, because I, I thought we would probably talk about that. And, and I've had days, really, to come up with an answer. And it's so hard for me because WandaVision was this mystery. Every week, they're layering it deeper and deeper. And they're, they're paying off one thing and then setting the hook for another thing. And every week, it's something new, something different, something that's making you go, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't wait till Friday. I can't wait till Friday. 
And as much as I couldn't wait till Friday with, with this show, it wasn't the same thing for me. So it was, yes, it was doing a great job of taking two characters in each show, the characters of Wanda, the character of Vision, who, you know, we talked about it a lot, didn't really have a lot of, of presence on screen to, to make you even care about them and, and give them reasons for you to care about them moving forward. And certainly we liked Sam, we liked Bucky, but we just hadn't seen enough, I think, of them to really have a, a feeling of who they are. Um, and now we really do. Um, I Maybe I rate this one a little bit higher, just, just by that much, you know? If you can imagine me holding my fingers not far apart from one another, because um, <laughs> this is an audio show, not a video show. Um, I, I probably rate this one a little bit higher. Um, across the whole MCU, if this, if we had to regard this as a, as you know, a feature film, you know, where would I put it? Whew, that would be tough. It's, it's in the top half for sure. I can confidently say it would be if this was a film and we're trying to re-rank the MCU. Um, I'm confident it's in the top half. All right, very interesting. Uh, I would say for me, this show is overall it's a four because. Obviously, the messages that they were sending, I think, for the most part, were extremely powerful. I love the performances. And uh, again, it's it's two characters that didn't get a lot of screen time and just make you go, wow, these characters are important. I really like their their development. I really like where their path is. And it makes me, you know, the goal was to make me want to see more of these two. And it succeeds completely. So I would say that this is a four out of five. It slightly ranks above WandaVision for me. Uh, a lot of that is because I'm still like, I know Harrison's holding out for it and seeing like maybe what else could occur, but I'm still like, for some reason, really hurt over the fact that Quicksilver turned out to be a MacGuffin. Um, <laughs> so That's it's still... Like it still kind of tainted that show for me, so to speak, um, because I thought they had a real opportunity and they still might. But until I'm proven wrong, uh, to me, it's just it, it's too much of an unforgivable slap to the face with what they did um, casting Evan Peters, especially in the role that they cast him in. So it, it would slightly rank above uh, this for me in the MCU would definitely rank above things like Iron Man three and age of Ultron, uh, the incredible Hulk. Um, I, I definitely think it would um, forgive me for saying, I think it would rank above black Panther two Cause I have that very low, um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's a very, very good piece. It still makes me very hopeful for everything else, even though Loki seems like an eternity away now. Um, but I enjoyed the show. It's sad that it's over specifically too, because we don't get to talk about it, but Harrison, one follow-up question for you too, because who knows, maybe you will get more of your thoughts on that. Are you planning on doing a recap episode on the basement binge? Like you did for WandaVision? Cause I would certainly look forward to that. Ah, uh, I don't know. I'm like trying to. I'm so hot on episodes. I'm trying to figure out how to do them. Uh, I probably will just because talking to you guys uh, makes me want to. That's the reason why I did the last one is because like I thought back on our conversations. Like, 
I can't live another day without getting this out of my brain, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which will probably happen with this. Uh, so I got to say this. I won't sleep good tonight if I don't say, Rob, I am going to remember one thing about Carly, and that is her great hair. And I just had to correct you on that. <laughs> uh, or else I wouldn't sleep tonight. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll probably do one because I, I it's something enjoyable for me to sit back on a, on a series because I don't regularly review or watch series. And so it's fun to, to look back and think, you know, how do I think about this thing as a whole now that I'm viewing it as a complete piece instead of one section at a time, uh, which will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what I will eventually think. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll certainly look forward to that because, again, even though, you know, there were certain things, obviously, Rob and I talked about that we I really loved your breakdown of WandaVision, so I'd be super interested to hear this, um, you know, when that does come. So uh, I'll be eagerly anticipating that. And, you know, for listeners of the show, again, I'm I'm always going to say this. If you haven't done it yet, check out Harrison's show, The Basement Binge. It's fantastic. It's the reason this podcast got started in the first place. He's got some really great episodes. Um, uh, one I would automatically recommend. I actually recently, just two days ago, went back and listened to it because I think it's incredibly moving and super powerful. Um his talk about Wreck-It Ralph. I absolutely love that episode. Like I said, I, I went back and listened to it because um, Harrison, I hope I'm not out of line calling you a friend in the friendship that we developed. I just, I love listening to that. Um, you know, where you are, how that movie helped you. I, I just thought it was awesome. I love listening to it. So if you haven't listened to his episodes, please go do it. This guy's awesome. I'm glad he's a friend of mine. I'm glad we met through this medium. Um, I, I just had to say that. So, Well, thank you. No, you're, you're not out of line in the slightest. And uh, I appreciate you. That was a, that was a really scary episode to release. I, uh, so I appreciate the positive feedback about it. And I'm glad that it's being enjoyed because, uh, you know, if you, li- if you've listened to that episode, it's a very personal one. And those types of things are on sometimes scary to reveal to the internet, you know? Uh, so I'm glad that it's being enjoyed. So thank you for saying that. That, that, was, that was very nice of you. Yeah, just, thank you. Uh, and you, you're by no means out of line. Uh, throwing something like, uh, like, like that out there to the masses. Cause I've, I've also heard the show uh, when it, when it first released, um, you know, just any random person online can, can hear it. Uh, so it takes a lot of courage and uh, I certainly appreciated uh, you sharing that. Uh, and I'm looking forward to when you do a full breakdown on uh, on that because I personally adore that movie. Um, there's just so much about it that I love. It's almost the perfect animated film, um, and uh, and it's one of my favorites. And I'm not just going to say one of my favorite animated films. Uh, I would call that one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, it, yeah I was there with you. to me that was a sleeper hit. I I like that, so I I certainly back Robin, what he's saying is a full breakdown of that episode, I think will be great. I'll eagerly look forward to that as well. And uh, again, listeners for this show, thank you. I know Rob appreciates it because he's a huge part of the show. We love having Harrison over here. Um, and I, I've seen some crossover, I would believe from people coming over from Harrison's show. And I hope you've gone and checked out his. So, uh, this has been great. It's it's sad that this is the last time that we're going to 
sign off on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, but this has been a lot of fun, guys. So again, not to beat a dead horse, but thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Loki's a little bit too far away for my taste, but I I cannot wait and hopefully that plan still stays intact that we can have that be the next show that we talk about because that should be wild based on everything that we've seen. Absolutely. Um, I am desperately looking forward to that um, and I cannot believe it is that far away until we get it. Yeah. It's like a right. <laughs> what the heck am I going to do? Right? I know. Oh my God. Reruns of something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But... Yeah. So again, thank you listeners. Um, Harrison's notes will be in the description of this episode to make sure you check out all of his stuff. Again, Rob Harrison, thank you so much. And to all the listeners, this has been an absolute blast. We look forward to bringing you Loki and keep up to date on everything that will be coming out because there'll certainly be more episodes coming before Loki. And we certainly look forward to that. So thanks a lot, everybody.